This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, I'm Rich Bradbury and welcome to Enterprise Explores. This is the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line. And today we're celebrating World Radio Day 2024 uh, with a special edition focused on the enduring impact of radio and this year's theme is radio a century informing entertaining and educating it offers a moment to reflect on the transformative journey of radio a medium that continues to adapt and thrive some would argue in the digital era our guest today is chris hibbert a uh, seasoned professional whose career uh, in radio and broadcasting has spanned several decades uh, and he's witnessed firsthand the evolution of this dynamic medium. Uh, his contributions to the industry reflect deep commitment to the core values of radio and broadcast to inform, entertain and educate. We'll be looking at the past, the present and the future of radio, exploring the challenges it has faced, the milestones it and he has achieved and the potential it holds as we move forward. Now, of course, we are eager to hear your radio stories and insights. Send us a message at 018-789-8899 or get in touch via social media. Uh, of course, you can get us on X. We are at BFM Radio. Chris, welcome to the show. It's an honor to have you here uh, with us to mark this special occasion. How are you today? I'm very well, Richard, and thank you very much for inviting me. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. Now, just to give people a little bit of a background as to uh, how me and you met, it was pretty recently, within the last 10 days or so, um, introduced by a mutual friend who said that um, she had somebody or knew somebody that had been involved in radio and broadcasting for uh, a substantial amount of time and that you were a fan of the station and that, uh, you know, but let's talk about, um, let's talk about you first, obviously. Tell me how you got into radio at first. Well, first of all, I'd like to say that I've been coming to Malaysia on holidays for a number of years, and I've scanned the radio waves just because I'm a, that sort of person. Uh -huh. And I came across BFM, and I I heard Richard's voice. Uh -huh. So when I through our mutual friend, I said, "Do you think I can meet Richard?" <laughs> <laughs> and being a radio nerd, yeah. I'd like a tour of the station. There so you go. very kindly invited me in. Yeah. Um, I started in broadcasting back in the late 60s as a young engineer in television for the in the United Kingdom. And I spent the first 10 years of my working life sitting on green hills with tall masts counting sheep. Um, transmitters are great, but they're very boring. And I managed to get myself involved in the launch of commercial radio in the United Kingdom, which was a big thing in those days back in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, uh, following the uh, Broadcasting Act, which made it legal, um, which was inspired by the demise of the offshore pirate stations. Which Radio had, Caroline. Radio Caroline, Radio London, loads of them. And they, they were basically fulfilling a need for the younger pe people who wanted to hear music. Right. And what they had on offer in the UK was the wonderful British Broadcasting Corporation, uh -huh. which was uh, a little bit uh, staid, let's say, for them. Yeah. And I recall one hour a week of music off disc called the Hit Parade, which was, and the sales, well, the, the Hit Parade was based on the sales of sheet music, uh -huh. not 
vault records. Yes. Um, and so <laughs> after a change of government and a lot of pressure, the, um, the uh, outfit I worked for, which was called the Independent Broadcasting Authority, was given the job of running commercial radio as well as commercial television. Mm. And I got myself well and deeply involved in that because I've always had a fascination with radio since I was a young boy. My grandfather ruled the roost in our house and he sat underneath the walnut veneered box in the corner and controlled what we listened to. Yeah. And I started playing with old radio sets when I was a teenager. So um, I, got, I got involved in the setting up of the studios, which was a lot more fun. Um, and I got involved with the lives of the other people in radio, not just the engineers, right. the, the commercial producers, the, the, the talent yeah. behind the microphone. Um, so that was a great time for me. And um, from that, I progressed into other technical challenges which helped to fulfill the needs of radio because we were analog in those days. Yeah. We were very much isolated as local stations with no connectivity to the outside world. How then? I mean, that, that's obviously something that I, I wanted to look at. And how, for you, when you've looked at it, you know, these, this evolution of radio, you know, w w what for you do you think was the kind of moment when you went, oh, my word, it, it, it's changing so quickly right now? Was there like a key moment when you're like, oh, things are very different? I think there, there are always two aspects to radio. Um, I'm an engineer, yeah. so you'll excuse me if I always look through that lens. Um, technical developments have made radio a different animal to what it used to be. Yeah. Um, and because of technical change, obviously content has changed in as much as there's a lot more available now and more diversity. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the, certainly my experience in the UK was that um, radio was still very much based on the old tradition of we tell you what you, we think you need to know or we hope you like what we send to you. And commercial radio introduced a new dynamic from the BBC because the BBC really didn't do audience research. They did, but they still gave you what they thought you needed to have. It was very paternal. Yeah. Um, commercial radio depends on listeners and it has to sell airtime. So the feedback they got in the early days was very much from the lis listening figures, the surveys, which had an impact on what they, what they broadcast. But it was still, still the same model. And um, it was only really when alternative means of distribution started to appear, which was a lot later, that actually the internet's the obvious one. Yeah. R internet radio now is a given yeah there's um and it it sort of challenges the definition of radio what is radio mm. it, as an engineer it's propagation of electronic signals through the ether yeah well the, that's not the internet but radio is from a content point of view is still very much about feeding stuff to people yeah um the other change i think was the feedback from the listener um, certainly commercial radio in the UK introduced the concept of what they call talkback yeah. radio, yeah. which is where uh, the listener is invited to phone in and express their views live. Um, personally, I don't enjoy that type of radio because you, any Tom, Dick and Harry can 
phone in and they're probably not as well informed as uh, they might be. Mm. So you're listening to opinion. Mm. Um, and opinion's not a bad thing, but it needs to be it needs to be formatted in some way where it gives you a, 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 a broader view of things rather than just you know r- r- people's people looking for an echo chamber for their own prejudice somewhere for them to rent yeah somewhere to rent yeah <clears throat> so I think the internet has changed things uh, and obviously the, the the more more available frequencies because a lot of the frequencies in the old days were very much limited when radio started it was on uh, amplitude modulation on frequencies which certainly in Europe were shared so powers had to be kept down so you did to avoid interference um, and by definition there was a limited number of outlets yeah uh, FM radio started in the 80s so the, you have more channels as they call them but even that even those are full up um, and so the internet gave people the opportunity to distribute something to people direct to them but is that broadcast mm. or is it narrow cast mm, mm. um and they tend the, these the, these these types of uh, radio stations tend to be very narrow focus um so the echo chamber is well fulfilled the ones online you mean yeah, yeah. the online yeah. ones yeah. um so that really, I think where we're at today is we, we've got the internet, we've got in certainly in some countries what they call DAB, which is dig, digital radio, which means you can cram more channels into the same spectrum space as yeah. analog. Yeah. Um, and um, where do we go from there? Mm. I mean, technology, I think, is basically accepted as the norm. The challenge now, I think, is where do you go to find information if you want a broad spectrum of, of, of quality information rather than a narrow stream of opinionated information. Right. That's the challenge of broadcasters everywhere right now. Yes. Okay, hold that thought. I need to take a short break. Okay. Folks, I'm here in the studio, of course. I'm with Chris Hibbert, um, veteran radio professional. <laughs> what, what, are we, what are we calling you today, Chris? Uh... I'm an engineer, but um, I'm also a radio enthusiast. He's a radio nerd just like me. I'm a nerd. We're going to take a break here. This is Enterprise Explores here on BFM 89.9, the business station. <coughs> Before Friday materializes, BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Enterprise Explores. This is the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from headlines to the bottom line. Today, we are celebrating World Radio Day 2024 uh, with a special edition focused on the enduring impact of radio. I'm here with Chris Hibbert, veteran radio professional, radio nerd, uh, man out of my own heart. And uh, Chris, I want to just go back and, and ask you, it's, it's a simple question, but it's a, it's a tough uh, kind of answer, I guess, and it's re- reflecting on that theme: radio, a century informing, entertaining, and education. Um, and for you, and this is going to be a personal opinion, what do you think has been radio's most significant contribution to society? Um, I think it's it, it's been keeping it, it's been a means of telling people what's going on in the world, um, and also entertaining, obviously. Mm. Um, you don't need to go out and buy records anymore. 
Um, there's plenty of uh, radio stations that will play music for you. Yeah. And obviously you've got Spotify and the like. Is that radio? There's no talking in between. Right. Um, Is that what defines radio, do you think? Well, I scratched my head a lot when you invited me in. Yeah. You gave me a couple of days' notice, and I struggle with... The, the the questions I thought you were going to ask me is, what is radio? <laughs> um, as I said before, radio, to me as an engineer, is a means of distribution because um, I was trained as a very young person before I got into broadcast. I was trained by the Royal Navy and I was a communications mm, engineer. Mm. So I'm sitting in tin boxes on the ocean going, did it, did it, it, and that's a means of communication. Yeah, yeah. And... I think radio in terms of the, the technology is, I don't think it's going to go, I don't think there's going to be any more big technical sort of earth-shaking moments. Yeah. I think it is what we've got now. Yeah. There'll be more of the same. Yeah. Radio in terms of what it means to people, um, I think, you know, my, my recollection is in, the, in domesticity in the UK in the 50s, we had newspapers yeah. and we had the BBC. Yeah. And I was born just after the war, World War II, and my, my parents, my grandparents, told me stories about how important the radio was. Churchill would give speeches to rally morale. Yeah. yeah. The Germans, the Nazi Germans, had a radio station with a British guy called Lord Hawhaw who was spilling propaganda back into the yeah. people who were listening in the UK. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was probably a, a misuse of it in that term, in that respect. But um, it's provided global connectivity. Um, the, the way you got uh, audio to the rest of the world originally was by shortwave radio. I mean, I remember my parents telling me about, you know, stuff they'd listen to at home uh, and they'd be listening to songs that they'd not heard in the UK because they were coming from places like Radio Luxembourg and places like that. And, you know, for people who aren't familiar with Radio Luxembourg, they were they were on a very powerful kind of generator back over there in the Europe, uh, back over there in Europe. So people in the UK could pick up on it. Yes, I mean Radio Radio Luxembourg was a was, was a commercial enterprise uh, launched by people who who were trying to give the UK audience an alternative to the boring BBC, right. yeah. um, and they could not get a license to broadcast in yeah. the UK. Yeah. So they 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 went to Luxembourg, which is a, a, a tiny state in Europe, where licenses could be bought, yeah. and they built this very powerful transmitter, and. They beamed radio into the UK, uh-huh. but only at night. Yeah. Because in the daytime, the signal didn't get there. That's right. It only reached at night. Yeah. Um, and the programs were recorded in London and the tapes were flown out. Uh-huh. And some of the well-known presenters in later years in the UK cut their teeth on at Radio Luxembourg. Mm. The pirate stations then sort of were the follow-on to that, but even then the reception was limited. It was only coastal. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, radio in that respect was the, the, the big changes that came in radio in my, my formative years were all about music because there was plenty of spoken word from the BBC. Yeah. It was about music. Yeah. Um, and, in, and when commercial radio started, that was what they went for mm. uh, um, with a, a small number of what they called talk 
radio stations where they talk at you or talk to you or invite you to phone in. I feel um, a little bit called out here, Chris, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel we're a talk radio station, but we do have music as no, well. No, you're so. not, you're not yeah. like... My, de- my definition of talk radio is based on my experience of what I've heard in the US, in New Zealand, where I live now, yeah. and the UK, where, as I've used the term to- a couple of times already, echo chamber. Yeah. Um, BFM, when I discovered it, I found it an intriguing station to listen to. Uh Uh, The the music choice I love, of course, I would. Um, But the the content is informative Uh and educational. And there's not enough of that about anymore. Because um, commercial radio has now become almost a commodity. In the UK, those independent local stations have all gone. Mm. They've slowly been bought up one by one, and they're now all being driven by one output from one place, battling it out with another one from another place. And it's all about tweaking the music format. Right. And, and, and it's all based now on, on generational separatism. Yeah. A very good friend of mine, an engineer, who during the COVID um, lockdown in the UK he was so bored that he, he got together with a couple of programmers that he was friendly with and he's my generation um, and they built a radio station in the cloud uh-huh. they don't have a studio <laughs> um, and they call it boom radio boom. it's radio for boomers <laughs> <laughs> and um, being a clever engineer um, he said, look, we, we don't need studios. We can do it all out of the cloud. We can run the music out of the cloud. We can do all the joining up stuff in the cloud. And the presenters don't need to leave their homes, which means we can drag out of retirement some of these well-known personalities that used to be loved on the radio. Yeah. Um, they're music presenters. And he sent them a box. And in the box was a laptop, a USB microphone, um, some headphones and some instructions on where to hang the curtains in their study garden <laughs> shed, wherever they choose to work from. Yeah. They work on a schedule. Yeah. The guy that was the most well-loved breakfast DJ on Capital Radio in London in the 80s, who's now 82, is doing his show from his garden shed in, in Scotland. Another guy is doing it from his retirement home in Spain. You see, I'd love to be doing that, you know. In my old age, I'd be happy to be sat in a garden shed somewhere, you know, still talking about what I talk about and playing the music that I love. And that, just before we go into another break, Chris, can you just... What do you think has and is going to be the... Uh, we kind of briefly talked about this outside. Keeping radio relevant, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's a discussion that uh, particularly radio nerds have, you know, and, and presenters as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we we see the rise of AI. We see these this software that can you know, be our voice, so to speak. How, in your opinion, do you, do you keep it? Should we keep it relevant? What will help us keep it relevant? Do you think? Uh, I think the, the, by keeping it relevant in people's minds, right. um, where to go. You know what? What? Where to go to get uh, information you 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 need or you want? Obviously, music is always there. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, a, it's on the sites are given, but keeping it relevant means not getting lost in the in the in the babble of misinformation and developing trust between 
presenter, the presenter, and, and, and the, the listener, yeah. um, and balance and fairness mm. uh, in terms of the way you represent people's opinions, because obviously there's always contention everywhere, um, and to avoid talking at people. Talk to people, but don't talk at them. Yeah. But there's plenty of ra what radio, in quotes, where that is going on. And the challenge is to try and force your way. If you really care about doing your job properly as a broadcaster, you have to be able to m make a mark somehow. You have to get attention. And I think that's the challenge. Mm. Not, not the medium anymore, mm. not the distribution method, because people can get it on their phones, they can get it in their homes, on the PC. Um, you know, you can get radio, radio anywhere. So it's, it's making a mark somehow that you, you, you put your flag up and say, I'm here, you know, trust me. And people come. And, and getting people's attention. Yeah. and. And that, in my experience, that that's you don't get that instantly. You get it over time mm. through your performance, mm. the way you, you 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 develop an audience of people that will trust you. Mm. The word of mouth will then work, help to work for you. Mm. Food for thought. And I want to take a break on that. Okay. Folks, of course, uh, we are talking about uh, World Radio Day 2024, uh, a special edition focused on the enduring impact of radio. I'm here with Chris Hibbert. Um, this is the show, of course. It is Enterprise Explores, where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line. We'll be right back after these messages here on BFM 89.9, the business station. Billions from me. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Enterprise Explores. I'm Rich Bradbury here in the studio with Chris Hibbert. We're talking about World Radio Day 2024 uh, with a special edition focused on the enduring impact of radio. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, memorable campaigns or programs or, or stuff um, that's highlighted unique, uh, radio's unique value. And, and I can give you an example uh, from my perspective, and I, I know you have a similar one. When I was living and working in China, there was an earthquake happened in China and the information wasn't getting out as, as quickly or as effectively as it could have done. A bunch of radio presenters were flown down to this particular area and we were able to report on the ground what was happening and that information was then conducted instantly. These are the kind of things that for me makes radio incredibly useful. Um, and of course we've spoken about campaigns that have happened and, and, and the fun stuff. But for you, you know, give me an example of something that you know resonates with you about the importance of radio in, in times like that. Well, I can talk about a, uh, an event which happened only within the last 12 months in the country I live in now, in yeah. New Zealand. Um, there was a, a, a cyclone hit the east coast of the North Island, um, incredibly strong winds, a relentless torrential rain over two days, landslips, trees were swept down the side of the hills. They took out houses. Yeah. They took out bridges. Yeah. Um, communications were cut. Um, New Zealand is one of the most advanced countries in terms of fibre distribution. Uh, we have fibre everywhere. Um, unfortunately, the fibre is strung underneath the bridges. Right. So the fibre was cut out. Wow. The floods... Um, 
flooded most of the cell net sites, so the cellular radio was off the air. Power was taken out. So people were left in the dark with no television and no power to watch television. Um, there were two local radio stations stayed on the air. Right. Their transmitters had backup generators. They had plenty of diesel. Oh, yeah, the funny thing is a lot of people with electric cars were in trouble after two days. Yeah, I um, can imagine, yeah. And they kept on the air. They, 24 hours. And they... They were they were sending out information about where to go to get emergency food, mm. where to go to get blankets, where were the assembly points for the civil defence, mm. because normally the civil defence system is operated out of this capital city, mm-hmm. so the information flows into there and then it's distributed out yeah. by television. Yeah, television's off. Yeah, so the local stations had their all mostly volunteers out with their with their walkie talkies. Radio amateurs came in and set up their 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 little masts on their cars yeah. and held the community together for four days. Um, eventually, the navy was sent to send supplies ashore, and you couldn't even buy anything in the shops because all the till machines need electricity. You couldn't use your swipe card. Mm. Cash was king. Mm. And it was a salutary experience that we depend so much now and we take as a given all this communications uh, that we we just expect to be there every day. Yeah. And it's, it's caused some head-scratching, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. But to get on to the point about radio, it was the local radio station, which was not a big commercial station, it was run by enthusiasts and local people with local knowledge and local commitment that held that community together. Yeah. And, and that's the beautiful thing about radio. And that's something that for me has always been the thing that has drawn me to it is. And I, I, I spoke to you about this when we, we first met. It, it's whenever I have felt lonely or I felt the need to hear somebody it's radio that I've always gone to it's not television it's not movies because it's for the it's 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 so human you know you can hear pauses you can hear the crackle of somebody's voice when they're emotional you know when they're emotional or something it's not sanitized so to speak you know and that has always been the appeal for me and local radio in particular is something that helped me get through difficult periods of time in my life because I knew these people were fairly close by. You know, they understood the area that I lived in. They understood what it was like to be traveling at certain times through certain places. They got the headaches. They understood the traffic jams, all of that kind of stuff. And that's the stuff that always kind of brought me back to radio. And that was something that, as I was growing up and seeing this huge transition from uh, normal analog uh, broadcast to digital and, and one thing or another. And in my head, I mean, I'm in my mid-20s, early 30s back then, and I'm thinking, has all of the stuff that I've grown up appreciating, is that going to go away? Mm. And that was something that I was continually asking mm. myself, you mm. know, where is it going to go? And then we saw podcasts happening and we saw all of that kind of stuff. Mm. And as much as I understand and appreciate that medium, it's this medium that I always come back to. Yeah. Yeah. I I have the radio on all day at home. Uh, my wife is sometimes 
says, can you turn it off for a bit? You know. <laughs> um, we're fortunate in New Zealand, uh, which is a very small country with a small population, we still, we do have what you would call public service radio. Yeah. It's New Zealand's sort of equivalent to the BBC. Yeah. But it's limited in terms of, uh, it only has uh, two frequencies. One is playing classical music all day, and the other one has to cover every other format. Speech, music, entertainment, and their scheduling is news in the morning, of course, general chit-chat in the morning, uh, uh, news in the early morning, um, afternoon, again, a, 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 you know, a, a chit-chat type show, but the, the content is slightly different. Yeah. And then in the evening, slightly more avant-garde. Yeah. Um, but I hear... People are being, you know, people talking about what they do, where they've been, um, and it, when when I was an immigrant into New Zealand, I found it incredibly helpful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I got into the culture of the country, um, and I can't stand the silence. When I'm in the car, the radio goes on. In the house, the radio goes on. Yeah. Well, you know, when my wife likes to watch uh, movies, so. She can watch her movies in the... Uh, being an engineer, I built a media room, so she's got a small cinema to sit in. Um, but I'll be out in my little office or pottering around my garage, and I've got the radio on. Yeah. Uh, but I grew up with that. Yeah. Um, and I've at my age, I've done all the filtering. I don't... I know where I need to go. I know what I want to... Who I'm going to trust. Yeah. Um, and I'm not looking for an echo chamber. I'm, I'm looking to be challenged. I'm looking to be informed. Yeah. I can form my own opinion if I've given enough information. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, before I let you go, I'm going to take one more break, and then we're going to come back, and I have a couple more questions for you before you can go. Folks, I'm still sat here with uh, Chris Hibbert. Um, he's not going anywhere. I'm not going to let him go anywhere. Um, of course, we are talking about World Radio Day. It's a special focus today, of course, uh, about the enduring impact of radio. And this is Enterprise Explores. I'm Rich Bradbury here for BFM 89.9, the business station. Bribe free ministers. BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Enterprise Explores. This is the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from headlines to the bottom line. Today, we are celebrating World Radio Day 2024. It's a special edition focused on the enduring impact of radio. I'm here with Chris Hibbert. Um, now, we've had a good old chat today, Chris, and I know I sent you a whole bunch of questions. Um which we've kind of touched on and some of the ones that we haven't touched on. And I think that's the beauty of radio is that we don't necessarily, for our conversation, need a set of formatted questions. We can have a conversation. I think that's one thing that, for me, has helped me resonate with and radio resonate with me, is that it, it's a, a medium for conversation, as long as it's not an echo chamber, as, as we've touched on a couple of times already. So when it comes to the future of radio and broadcasting in general. We've spoken about radio's relevance in a time when screens have taken over our lives. You know, we, we've kind of touched on that. Um, but I, I think that's something that we, we should look at a, a little bit more in depth. You know, I have friends who, and I, I think it's, it's true to say, have probably never listened to radio. You know, the, the true, real rate, and when I say that, I mean on an actual device that only plays 
from FM, AM, or, or whatever. They've never done that. And having these kind of conversations with them is, is a, a, a difficult thing, you know, because they have their phone, they have their instant gratification, they have their YouTube, their Twitter, their Facebook. Have you met people like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are products... <sighs> Sounds cruel, not very human way of looking at people, but they're a product of the world we live in now. Yeah. And I think part of it has been driven by the abundance of, of sources, yeah. the quickness of life, and the, the feeling that you've got to get everything you need to know in the first 10 seconds or you're going to move on and look at something else. And the attention span is brief. To say the least. And yeah. I don't, you know, it, it, it sounds judgmental of, of the human condition, but I think it's been brought about by the pace of life um, to a certain extent. And people don't have time to sit back and take a deep breath and relax and absorb. Um, and you mentioned podcasting earlier. Mm. I think, thank God for podcasting, for me, yeah. because... The radio that, with very small exceptions, the radio that I that, that's thrown at me nowadays, is 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 soundbite radio, and um, long gone are the days where you you would take up half an hour on a radio station to like we are. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you're a broadcaster, it must be incredibly frustrating. Because you can't develop. How many times have I heard, well, we, we've got to stop now because we have run out of time. Mm. Not, not because we're going to take a break. That's understandable. We're, we've run out of time. Why have you run out of time? There's 24 hours in the day. You've got a transmitter on the air 24 hours of the day. You are the broadcaster. You are running the show. Yeah. Why truncate an interesting discussion just because you think... Either people have lost interest, or you, you, you yourself have been taken over by this by this concept of limited time. Podcasting has, has gives you, Richard, and all your colleagues the opportunity to actually take a subject and do an in-depth piece on it. Yeah. And through your radio station, you can promote the podcast. Saying, mm -hmm. "Well, we've run out of time, but." If you, can you want get it, the full conversation, you've got it here, yeah. and that's that's a great thing. I think you know technology. We we talked a bit about what the challenges of technology or the opportunities of technology. There are some parts of the the technology changes which which are deemed threatening. Um, my experience in my career as a broadcasting engineer is technology changes in technology create opportunity. Um, I, I spent a number of career... I took a number of career moves where I jumped in with, with new technology, a risk to myself, career-wise, mm. and, and played around with stuff which was still... The specifications still... The ink was still wet. Mm. But the fun was actually bending that technology to the purpose that the, the communications people, the broadcasters, wanted to get to. Yeah. Um, so... I don't see technology as a threat. I do see the dehumanization of radio as a threat. Yeah. And, you know, the, the AI thing is, is, the, is the big bogeyman on the horizon in the minds of many people in our industry. 
And I already detect AI voices, not on radio yet, but certainly on the internet. You can tell it's not. Yeah. They're getting the they're getting the accent, but they haven't got that nuance. Yeah. yeah. Um, in America, I know there are a couple of stations now where they've, a, they've got AI presenters mm-hmm. and they've cloned other people's voices. Mm-hmm. So with AI, you you don't need a human being. You can get the music and stitch it together. You can say, my genre will be heavy metal for one hour. Give me a voice that sounds like Wolfman Jack. Yeah. And, oh, I'd like some news in between. Oh, well... AI, go and get me, build me a news bulletin out of what's out there on Google. And it can do it. And it can do it. Yeah. And where is it going to get the information from? It's going to get it from the internet. And what information is there out on the internet? Mm. Internet. How much of it is reliable? Mm. How much of it is honest? Mm. So that is a dread for me. Not not just for you, Chris. I can tell you that. <laughs> I mean, you know, you for your in your capacity as a professional broadcaster, me as 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 a, 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 a receiving human being. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm I'm not. No, I'm old, but I'm not one of these old people that harks back to the good old days. Mm. The, the old days were fun. They certainly were. They were a lot more hands-on in the business of doing the broadcasting. But my, my, as I said, my formative years were getting, uh, were listening to the radio yeah. and being informed and entertained, which is the theme you introduced. And that's a scarce thing now. Yeah. Not be, you can't blame the technology. It's an enabling thing. Yeah, yeah. Chris... Thank you so much for your time today. You're very welcome. I've had fun. I'm going to have you back as well next time. Next time. Next time you're here, I'm going to be speaking well, to you I'm again. Well, I'm on Skype. Uh, there we go. <laughs> there we can do that. I have that technology. There we go. <laughs> Folks, that was uh, Chris Hibbert, of course. Uh, we have been talking about World Radio Day 2024. It has been a special edition here on Enterprise Explores. It is the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line. Of course, the theme of World Radio Day this year was radio, a century informing, entertaining, and educating. Educating. Uh, and that's a wrap for today's show. If you missed any part of the show, don't forget you can listen to the podcast wherever you normally get it from. We recommend using the BFM app. That's available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. Do stick around, though, because coming up, it is the 1 o'clock news, and then after that, it's the Breakfast Grill replay. Keep it here on BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.